0: Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with Italian jazz pianist, composer, and arranger Enrico Peronunzi. We caught up with him about his life in music, COVID, and being included in the new Chuck Share songbook series. He still calls his birthplace of Rome home and has been one of the best-known names on the international jazz scene, playing with the likes of Chet Baker, Lee Konitz, Paul Motian, charlie hayden chris potter mark johnson and joey baron over the years he's recorded more than 70 albums under his own name and there is so much more to do as the world opens up and hope is real enjoy the story thanks for taking a minute out i appreciate it
1: yeah man, it's a pleasure i mean do you manage a, a radio uh...
0: yeah it's i created this show i've been doing this since 2011 and i do a weekly radio show and then i do the interview component where i interview musicians from all over the world okay that's very good this is really something <laughs> yeah i love it man i'm just standing on the shoulders of giants here sure you know before we get into music and some other things that are going on you know you're in the new series by chuck Shear. talk to me about what this being involved with this series means for you oh that's really a privilege it's a gift a gift because you know
1: i mean i know i've been knowing chak for years he printed my first two tunes uh, for one of his uh, new real books in 91 and also i met him when he came to europe uh can't remember that too in the middle of 2000 when he decided to make a a, a european book a, a new european jazz book and um When he decided that, he toured Europe, and we had the chance to meet in Italy. Uh, So anyway, he's a great friend, and he's, for me, the best independent publisher for jazz in the world. He's really fantastic on his job. I I mean, I am a fan of his job from the start, from the middle 80s, actually. I really like his work, so for me be part of this, uh, is absolutely a privilege because when he invited, say, "Wow, that's great!" We got these American names and uh, you know uh,
0: jazz icons. It's a gift. Yeah, it's really an honor. Are you in Rome right now? Yes, I am. Beautiful. I actually, my uh, ancestors are all from Italy. One half of it is from Shaka, Sicily, and the other half is from Naples. So I went to Rome back in the early 2000s. And I have never been to a place as beautiful as Rome. Like, to this day, on planet Earth, I don't know that I've been to any place as magical and wonderful as Rome is. Yeah, I thank you for that. I was born here now,
1: I mean, 72 years ago. Uh, and, uh, yeah, despite some problems that all the big cities have, I mean, I, I, I agree with you. It's really special. It's really it's a
0: lot of history, a lot of, yeah, a lot of moods. It's, very, it's good. And the good food, also. Good oh. food. The, the food's the best in fact i stayed close to the vatican when i was there and one night i just accidentally ran into a show it was a vivaldi show and it was amazing i mean it uh it was just some random night but it was beautiful so yeah the whole experience was wonderful
1: so probably this also helps to understand because uh, you know I'm I, I was born in Rome in Italy that is quite far away from California from the United States, and as a jazz a European jazz musician for me is really a privilege
0: being part of that song series. So really, it's great. Well, let's go back um, and let's just kind of cover like. You know, we're going through COVID, we're kind of coming out of it, we're on the tail end. How have you been doing over the last two years? You know, a lot of artists haven't been able to perform live, things have been tricky. What's it been like for you? Of course, the
1: pandemic, it was in really a drag, just to say, besides all the vaccines and stuff, and also... Yeah, by the way, I got the COVID after three vaccine. I got it anyway in March. So uh, that is also quite hating. Uh, but anyway, about playing. Yeah, uh, was a problem, of course. I mean, the lockdown was awful. Then after the first lockdown, there was a period where I could play a bit. But then again, out of lockdown. So I mean, it was really not a great story. It's quite a depressing story. Now things seem to be better and uh, I have now uh, quite a series of concerts to do in Europe, in, uh, in Spain, in uh, Austria and uh, other countries. It's getting better now, but was not easy. was not easy at all, I have to say.
0: Let's go back to the beginnings of your life in Rome. Talk to me a little bit about how jazz became your interest and your career
1: i could say that uh, i found jazz at home because uh everything started in the early 50s because my father was a jazz guitar player and uh, by the way he used to play with americans when they they lied i mean uh, freed the room in uh, in the second part of the 40s you know in the area where i live uh, the americans in 45 67 opened a lot of pubs and clubs where it was possible to eat (laughs) and to play. So my father, that was born in this area, had a chance to play with Americans and also to have some good food. (laughs) American. (laughs) But besides that, he was a very good player, very musical, super musical guy. So when I was five and a half, uh, he he bought a piano, used piano. Uh, I didn't know anything, of course, I mean, about pianos and stuff. I was just living my childhood. And that was the start, and also I started right away taking uh, private classical piano lessons, but in the same time, he used to sit close to me and to to teach me some American songs or even the basic uh, forms like blues. So that was a kind of private school. And the other school came from the 78s. I had a, a bunch of 78, so Chet Baker, Jay Mulligan, Charlie Parker, Lee Kornitz, and that was my school because I get, I got very passionate about that music. At, at the start, I have to say, it was really impossible for me to understand what, what they were playing. Then, step by step, I was able to decode the bebop, mainly the bebop, that Parker became my hero. Then he stayed as my hero during my teenage. So, I was able to imitate some that I was listening to. I mean, gradually, I, I was able to learn people tunes, uh, anthropology, now is the time, this stuff. Um, and then I started playing with other young musicians at the end of my teenage. Uh, and I was hired by a trombone player. That for me was a turning point because I started playing with bass and drums. That was something for me because. So far, I had played alone in my house, imitating <laughs> with my left hand the best players like uh, Paul Chambers or Ray Brown. So it was a great patient. And slowly, I mean, step by step, I started composing, very slowly actually. And then composing became more and more and more important, and now it's important, I mean, at the same level of improvisation, even sometimes more. <laughs> and then i had many changes an interesting point was when uh, i was 23-4 because a, a nice jazz club was open in rome whose name was music inn that is a story i mean the, the owner was a prince a real prince yeah. <laughs> a, a from a noble uh, italian spanish family he was a descendant of the king of spain but he was crazy for jazz he was crazy for trumps and he liked me very much. So he offered me many chances to play with American. Living in Europe at that time. I saw I had a chance to play with Johnny Griffin a lot, that became also my friend, to play with our farmer. Because uh, Griffin was living in France, our farmer was living in Austria. Uh, I even I played two evenings with Kenny Clark that also was playing in was was living in Paris. And, and many more, like or Ken Winding. So that for me was a kind of university because playing with these guys, I went on in the language. I experienced it a lot and I learned a lot. And then a turning point was uh, meeting Chet Becker. That was another point that he really was because, you know, in my twenties, I used to play much in the, in the I was very, Fond of McCoy Diner approach or Beegie korea When I when I met Chad, everything changed. It turned me to the melody, to a different uh, conception of soloing or blowing. And so I turned to Bill Evans. Thanks to Chad, I turned to Bill Evans and I went deeper into the harmony and uh, a, a different way uh, of touching
0: the piano and and uh, and building my my lines. Yeah, no, that's beautiful. You know, and I'm curious, you know, you talked about your heroes and those that you admired. You have ended up playing with a lot of them, like with Chet Baker and Lee Konitz and Charlie Hayden. What did you learn from those players that you in turn use to teach younger players that you play around?
1: That is a very good question. What I learned was that jazz is a very serious matter. Hmm. <laughs> First, meaning that first, when you uh, improvising, uh, contrary that some people superficially can think, exactly because everything is possible, you have to be very careful. Because uh, you re- improvising requires, uh, of course, a lot of feeling, but also a lot of uh, concentration, a lot of knowledge. Like, I remember that playing with Griffin, with Chet Baker, even with Connitz. I learned first to be completely into the music completely I mean no, 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 no other thoughts are allowed and you, you have to become music somehow you have to really your body and your mind your soul have to become what you're playing and uh, that was a great lesson for me. And also mainly in Spain in the case of Chad what I really uh, try to learn was and uh, is how to build your lines mean, meaning trying to tell a story when playing. Because you can play hours and doing all the best things, I mean, leaks whatever. But maybe you are you are not saying a story, and he was able, He also, Koenig, so many more. Work, he, he especially, he, he was able to tell a story with a few notes, and so every note be, uh, was essential. So this is our land to give uh, to give value, the the highest value to every note, each note you play. That was a great great lesson. So this is the lesson that I try to transmit to the students, to play involving all the feeling possible, all the mind possible, what you're playing, in order to tell a nice story.
0: So you've been at this for a long time, 70 albums plus, you've been all over the world. What is it that you like the best about being a professional musician?
1: Uh, you know, it's, it's still exciting despite I'm getting older and uh, it's still exciting knowing that when you go playing first you can play nice music and that also through improvisation you can have some trios. I mean they are not there, you have to <laughs> to work hard to be there really in terms of concentration of, of feeling as I said before. But then the reward is are some unbelievable moments. I mean, that when you play with great musicians, I have to say I, I, I consider myself lucky because I play with such good musicians like Mark Johnson, Paul Motion, Charlie Hayden, and um, Scott Colley, and many more. So playing with these guys so musical is really a reward. So you share really... A possibility jazz is a great possibility of expression, and also fun is fun i mean so and also why you when you have fun playing jazz you can share this fun with people being there so that is really a, a, a great style good story i love this music i love also classical music i mean i'm not saying that uh, because i had a good classical background this is you can find treats also there because you play music with in a wonderful way. But jazz is a kind of special in this. He gives the, the thrill of the moment. When things work, when you work, when, <laughs> when you are really good, you can have really a lot of fun, a lot of musical rewarding. As I think John Lewis pointed out that the word to play jazz is just playing jazz. <laughs> and so yeah, I think that this is a great statement because it's such nice I and mean, it's so a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, that is and, and I'm 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 happy that still now after so many years I like to go to the piano to look for some new combination of chords or to try to to invent a melody, to compose. So that is really fantastic I mean. I feel, I feel to be privileged, I have to say.
0: So, you know, I know it hasn't happened much in the last couple of years, but for years you would have the opportunity to come to America to play. What do you enjoy the most about coming to the States to play jazz?
1: That uh, also, uh, well, mainly when played the banger. I played the banger eight times, because uh, probably you know the story, in way, shortly I was uh, kind of in uh, bracket, discovered by Lorraine Gordon, the, the Widow, the U.S. Vanga founder, Max Gordon, and uh, she, she had had something in a radio and uh, asked Paul Motion to look for me. And so I received in uh, end of 2009 a mail by Paul Motion asking me to play the Banger the following July. I said, Wow, that's, uh, that's how, how come that is impossible? So anyway, when there I discovered that Lorraine uh, Garden had been struck by something she had heard. And uh, so that, for me, was really fantastic. Playing there with American, good, great American musicians. I but The first time I played the banger, I recorded there with Motion and Mark Johnson. And uh, that was really, I mean, playing in the States is really, for me, great. Um, I played mainly in New York, but also I play sometimes in, a, in, a, California I play one time the San Francisco festival and some gigs with jolly barbara by the way so it's great I think that there is a special mood a special flavor I like that very much I mean people even people not really um, super educated in jazz as a special way to, to, to be in relationship with the performing artist that I like I like it very much and jazz United days States is something
0: special for you. Well, we'd love to see you here in Kansas City at some point. That'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, Kansas
1: City. Wow. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. I hope, I hope that it can happen. You know, now, now things seem to be better, so I mean, we see. I really hope it, Yeah.
0: My final question to you is this. Everyone has an idea of who they think you are, your family, your friends, and your fans, but ultimately you're the one that lives your life. So I'm curious, who do you think you are?
1: <laughs> I think to be, <laughs> thanks. I think to be a very dedicated musician that thinks that music is in a way endless. So even if you, the best possible, in a way music is always better. I think that this was, let's say, using use, use an expression in the case, my mission. It was a mission that for some reason, when I was very, a, a child, my father gave me to accomplish. And I think that I'm, I, I'm quite good in accomplishing it. So, I mean, I think that uh, I'm a good boy. <laughs> my father should be, uh, whatever he is, my father should be happy to have both that used piano in the uh, in the early 50s. It was 55, by the way. So I think that I consider myself, of course, always, I can be better. That is clear, that is implied but I'm, I'm doing my best, Let, let's put things in this way.
0: Now. Enrico, thank you for taking some time out today to talk about Chuck and your work and your life and music, I appreciate it. Yeah, it was a great pleasure and take care of yourself. Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players and minds in Rome, Kansas City, and spots all over the globe giving fans all that jazz. Thanks to Enrico for his time, music, and story. If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Domino on the iTunes Store. Visit NeonJazz at YouTube.com. And for everything Neon Jazz, go to the theneonjazz.blogspot.com. And for everything Joe Domino-related, go to Joedomino.com And there, you can see Patreon and PayPal links, and you can contribute to the Neon Jazz cause. Until next time...